see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate you. Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm not Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, isn't he? This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. All right, we're going to go on and pull this in because for whatever reason, the video is muted. Yeah, and I noticed that. Anyways, <laughs> the road has officially ended. We are on Roku. This is going out, and this is our very first episode of From the Vault, and this is going to be based around Starcade 85 and the Hard Times promo and what That didn't up. play. Go ahead, you are saying? That didn't end up playing. No, I, I'm sorry, did not play, but you, I'm pretty sure any wrestling fan can pretty much quote the Hard Towns promo. Um, yeah, most of the time, if you really want to look at it, uh, Hard Times, the reason I picked this as the first episode is, well, there's several reasons, and we're going to get into those more, but it showed exactly how classic wrestling was done on build. You didn't have one thing that happened that, okay, now we have a match in two weeks at the pay-per-view. The Hard Times promo was done almost, a, uh, I think it was three or four months before the event, and it actually had a build of almost a year yeah, because Dusty would, uh, was injured. Yeah, um, it was a it was a art it was a arching storyline that literally continued for for a year, and it was Rhodes' left ankle thanks to a diving knee drop. Right. From Ric Flair. And funny enough, he actually had ran in to save the Nature Boy. Yeah. Uh, the Russian, I think they were called the Russian Nightmares at the time. They had Nikita Koloff and uh, Crusher Khrushchev. Ivan. Was, and, oh, Ivan Koloff. I'm not sure if Crusher had been added into that mix yet. But they were jumping Ric Flair in a title match because Flair had just beaten Koloff for the title. And Rhodes comes in from the safe. Well, after yeah. chasing off the Russians, 
he gets blindsided by Ole and Arn Anderson, who would later go on to form the Four Horsemen with Ric Flair. And they tear him up. They break his ankle. They put him in the figure four because the goal was to get Dusty Rhodes out of the business permanently. And yeah. that's kind of where it it started. And even Ric Flair has gone on record of saying that this was probably the greatest feud of his career aside from his stuff with Rick Steamboat. Right. And that is something that, you know, um, this match got a 1985 match of the year with pro wrestling illustrated. Uh, like just imagine, okay. Starcade 85 for one thing was held on November 28th. And this was a Thursday. This is actually on Thanksgiving day. This was held Thanksgiving night. And you've got, I think it was 18,000 in uh, Greensboro Coliseum and another 16,000 live in attendance in Atlanta, Georgia at the Omni. With a total combined of 30,000. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it's 34,000 and some change. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, you know, you got to look, or 33,000 and some change. But to think, and this is on Thanksgiving night. This isn't the weekend of Thanksgiving. No, this is Thanksgiving night. It's chew, you know, don't bother chewing, just swallow. We got to make it to Starcade. And if you actually watch the people coming in at Starcade, there were people like dress up for this event. This was, of course, in the time that wrestling was real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you would have this match having the same clientele, the same feel and the same atmosphere as something like Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier. Yeah. This and was I mean, a huge fight that was coming. And I mean, and I mean, with the historical significance of this, this is actually the retort to WrestleMania one, which happened on March 31st of 85. Right. And this also started the dance with them. Um, uh, where they would start trying to one-up each other. Yeah. So, And this is what would later on become the infamous Monday Night Wars between what well, this time they were called the NWA, but they would later on become WCW yeah. um, and the WWE. Well, actually, this one, it would have been, uh, it would have been NWA under Jim Crocker Promotions, which would have been Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. Yeah, but that this is- company would later on become WCW. Right. And then after Ted Turner gets involved, they will uh, become WCW. And, and of Ted course, Turner, the rest is history. And Ted Turner buys the company in 1988. So. Right. That's when he becomes, the, he buys out one of the Crockett's. I think it was, I think he bought out, I think it was David. I don't know, because David still would do commentary, but of course, I mean, that doesn't stop him from doing it, but he would still do commentary. He would still do interviews and things like that for uh, World Championship Wrestling. And, I, and, and ironically, this is one of the last Starcades to take place on Thanksgiving because after Ted Turner acquires what was then Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA, whatever you want to call it, and, and formed WCW, it would go to December. Right. They did move it. And well, that was really WCW was going through such a such a change at that time. 
and for their somewhat credit, they could see the national expansion coming, and it was obvious. That was something that was going to take center stage. The national yeah. expansion was going to happen, and it's really Turner being the TV guy kind of saw it. Uh, that's why they really were de signing deals with him because this guy solid TV time. And the thing that hurt them was they started breaking traditions. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons the first WrestleMania and the, and Starcade 85 had such a fight was because it was such a tradition to go to Starcade. If you lived in North Carolina, these people would travel for hours from Georgia, South Carolina, all through North Carolina, Tennessee, they would come to Starcade to the Greensboro Coliseum. Yeah. And then and they started having it in the Omni too. Let's face it, at this time and still today, wrestling is still real to people that live in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, it is a very different um, atmosphere there as far as that goes. Um, you know, People in the South are, are very much creatures of habit. Yeah. And we don't like when things break that habit, you know. Yeah, considering like we like me and you talked about numerous times, which would be on another episode. Um basically when the deal went down and WWE acquired WCW, I'm I'm going off on a tangent. I know I apologize. Um the 3.5 million that watched Nitro did not watch Raw. No. And that was the thing that everyone expected. And basically every company that has come come up since has been chasing is that group that left when WCW did. Yeah. And a lot of that group had started leaving. Because well, also, we really yeah. didn't like... Also, you got Vince to look Russo's at it. WCW. WCW, pardon my French, pissed off their fan base a lot. And oh, that's yeah. why a lot of it, a lot, I mean, here's the thing whenever it comes to wrestling fans, people. They're the most loyal people you could possibly imagine until you insult their intelligence and piss them off. Because then all they're going to do, as Dutch Mantel has said numerous times, they're going to cut it off and not cut it back on. Right. And that's exactly what happened. I mean... You can even look at me personally. I was one of the 3.5. And after March of 2001, I didn't turn wrestling on again until 2007. And this is somebody that used to watch, you know, Mid-Atlantic, watch Memphis Wrestling, which Mid-South Wrestling, watch AWA, WWF, you know, I, there was always wrestling. I and it didn't really matter what it was. I would watch it, and then I'm like, and I'll be totally honest. One of the things that made me do it was WCW used to be more of the adult, not meaning like TNA and and fart jokes and that kind of stuff. Adult, as in this person did something wrong to that person. There was a feud. There was a buildup. There was blood. There was violence. Basically, WWE was, or, WWE was basically looked at as the circus show, the entertainment. It was show. the Saturday morning kids show. 
Yeah, it was the entertainment show on the and then for WCW back in the NWA and the launch of WCW, it was the wrestling show. That's what it was. Right. And that's exactly where it kind of came in. So and it goes and back we, to the infamous thing where Ted Turner called Vince McMahon and said, I'm in the wrestling business. And Vince goes, well, I'm in the entertainment business. We're in two different businesses. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you you want to kind of remind Vince McMahon every once in a while, the name of his company is World Wrestling Entertainment. Yes. You know, <laughs> he might like to call him call them sports entertainers. But in any other household, those are wrestlers. Yeah, especially in the South. Exactly, especially in the South. So what I have done is while we were doing this little talk, I was doing a little work on my end, and we're going to see if this uh, video will play now. I'm going to run it through. Actually, I've got my laptop all put up, and and hopefully – this doesn't make and my laptop crash. And if it doesn't play, we apologize. But if you want to look up the Hard Times promo, just look it up on YouTube. And if you're a wrestling fan, I'm sure you know the Hard Times promo Barbatum because we've seen oh, yeah. it numerous times. It's all, and most it's all over. It's all over Peacock. If you have Peacock, it's everywhere. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans. There we go. Come here back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the resident fans, it is Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put Hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked for the job 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit, I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But, brother, I am bad, and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne, and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title. 
belongs to these people. I'm gonna reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour 885 and Ric Flair Nature Boy. Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real Wolf champion. And I'm proud of you, and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! That, again, was the Hard Times promo. Dude, just watching that back, it gives you chills. It really right. does. It fires you up. Even yeah, though that message it. happened, what? Oh, almost 40 years ago now? Yeah, like, I mean, just and watching still, it. still... Just watching it now, it's like, dude, the goosebumps right now are on me because, right. it's like, it and what he and and everything that he said in that promo, I mean, it's kind of what's going on in today's world. Absolutely, absolutely, it is. It's exactly it. It's it is still relevant today because what a lot of people didn't quite look or doesn't don't quite look at it now, but didn't realize then. This was, again, in the recession of the 80s. You know, you had uh, Michigan, the auto auto companies falling. You know, factories being closed. You had Ric Flair, the limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, holding these alligator, $10,000 alligators down as best he can. Look at this Rolex. That could, he was excess. He was the rich guy. He was, and then you had Dusty. Like he said, his belly's a little too big. His hiney's a little too big. You saw the suit was kind of, you know, wrinkly and kind of in shambles. The tie didn't fit just right. He was, that's why they called him the American dream. It was not because he was doing, he was everybody. Yeah. And I mean, the stuff he was talking about in that promo about, people losing their jobs, not able to feed their family, not able to do anything like that. I mean, if you look at what's going on with COVID and all that stuff that's gone on recently, and I mean, even as far as recent as Christmas, a lot of families didn't really have Christmas because no. they couldn't afford it. No, it was hard times all over again, you know, and that's what really sold this. It was the guy that represented everybody Versus the guy that represented the elite. Yeah. You know, and as you can see, see, and 
anyone who wants to get in the wrestling business that needs to know how to structure a promo, study that. Yeah, study study anything. Study anything Dusty or Ric Flair, or for that matter, if you want to go more recent, Paul Heyman. Right. I mean, Paul can. Paul is great on the mic. But Paul was Rose also under hit. the umbrella of Dusty. He learned right. from Dusty. <laughs> you know, he hit every little point he needed to. And you could hear, you could hear the fans. I mean, you could hear that fan reaction. They started screaming as soon as they saw him. And as he's leaving, he's screaming to them, I love you. And they're screaming, we love you, Dusty. You know, this was just over and over. He hit every major point. Yeah. Ric Flair did it to him. And we're all going through hard times. Look what Ric Flair did to me. He made hard times at the Rhodes house. He put everyone in hard times when he took Rhodes out of the game. You know, Dusty, he needed to be here for his people. And he made that not happen. So, and I mean, the way he, the, the, the way, the tone of his voice, it felt like he was a Southern Baptist preacher, right? Talking to his congregation. You there know was times saying? that he was on fire and just ready to jump through the screen and start hitting people. There was other times that he was calm, and he ends it almost begging. Don't don't turn your back on me now. I need you now. Come, we're going to get that title. You know, he talked him in the building. Yeah, that's all there is I mean, to it. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we're always told in wrestling, you know, put butt, put 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 butts in seats, and let's face it, that promo put butts in seats. Right, and then you had, and like I said, this wasn't like. The week before, this was two or three months before. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, you know, I waited, I bided my time, and I got what I want. Ric Flair, you know, and even putting in, there's only run one way to really hurt Ric Flair, and that's to take what he cherished, cherishes the most, and that's that world heavyweight title, and I'm yeah. going to take it. Yeah. You know, and it I was mean, absolute it was, perfection. It was a great promo. It it got people invested in Starcade and it got people invested in that match. Yeah. And of course, now going to the event, like you know, we were talking about um uh, you know, thirty three, thirty four thousand people in two different places watch this live. You know, this was a big big deal and this was again people leaving on a holiday where you're supposed to be with family and all this this was just swallow don't you we got to make it to starcade everybody wanted to be there everybody wanted to see this again this was hmm? hey you said there was a guest referee right in this match i remember there was a was match between Young? Flair was it and Rhodes. Young? No, that was the I uh, believe the NWA like senior referee. Well, okay, because I just got to the aftermath of this event, and yeah, um, Tommy Young actually reversed actually reversed the decision, so Dusty yeah. won the match, but the decision got reversed. 
at in the arena, Dusty Rhodes had his hand raised the winner and the belt awarded to him. It was later reversed to a disqualification win for Dusty Rhodes, but this allowed Flair to keep the title. Yeah. And which of course I'm sure infuriated the fans. Oh yeah. This Okay, being the guy that speaks on Southern Wrestling, there is a very, very good chance that they had Flair lose the belt to Rhodes so there was not a riot. Probably. Because you have, okay, the reason it was done as a, the reason it was even done as a disqualification is because he was uh, because Dusty Rhodes was attacked. Yeah. So now you have Rhodes getting attacked again. Everyone sitting in the arena, all eighteen thousand of them, are watching this, thinking this is an actual fight. This is not a staged event. This is not a pre-planned, pre-agreed anything. This is two people going into the ring and having a fight. Yeah. And then. The guy that you're cheering for, the guy that just held his hand out to you and begged you to have his back and help him get this title, just got beat up by two other guys. If they'd ended it there, the cheap seats would have emptied and there would have been fights. They would have had to have ran from the arena. I mean, and this is, you know, let's just call it what it was. The NWA World Heavyweight Championship at this time was – yeah, the prestigious world heavyweight title, but it was also controlled and manipulated by people behind the scenes that oh, yeah. wanted a certain champion. And let's, I mean, even Ric Flair is going to record saying that he actually bought his way into becoming the NWA champion. Yeah. Because you had to, you had to put up like a $6,000 bond or something like that. Yeah, it happened a lot that way. And if you were, friends with two or three of the promoters they were going to have your back because the nwa the national wrestling alliance was actually that that was several promoters throughout the country that all kind of came together and agreed to have a traveling world champion and that's i say in the country but it also went into mexico japan puerto rico you know several different places the, uh, the nwa was founded in 1940 in Waterloo, Iowa. Yeah, and the first champion was uh, Luthes. Yeah. And I think the longest reigning champion was Luthes. I do believe so too. I'm not. I, I, although I think Nick Aldis probably beat it. He may have now. Although I don't know because champions at that time they held titles for decades. Yeah. You know. And then, you know, of course, like I said, the NWA title was manipulated and it was a political tool. It wasn't, I mean, yeah, it was a world title. It was the, it was the biggest belt at the time, but it was also a political tool because yeah. if, if your guy was the world champion, that meant your territory predominantly had the heavyweight title. Right. I mean, there was, I mean, there's been several times that Ric Flair, you know, didn't defend the heavyweight title, the NWA World Heavyweight title in Memphis. And that's no. why Memphis broke off. And that's why a lot of different companies broke off. 
he started getting it started getting to the point that Crockett was not letting him be used. And that's also what how uh, Rick Rick developed a ending that actually helped uh, kind of alleviate that. He would come in and say he was uh, he was fulfilling his obligation with the NWA by appearing, not having a match, but appearing. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, let's take Memphis, Memphis for instance. Yeah. Memphis, for instance. That's a lot of S's to get out. <laughs> that means suffering, succotash. <laughs> to, to, uh, take one from Vince. Oh, so Ric Flair shows up on uh, there. And he's at like a TV taping and he's got his girls, you know, and he's sitting right up in the front row and Lawler comes out and challenges him. Well, he looks at him and goes, no, 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 no. I'm not here for a match. I'm just here because I'm supposed to appear. And Lawler keeps running it. And he finally looks and goes, hey, kid, you you don't deserve the champ. You ain't going to get a title shot. You don't deserve a match. So finally, it goes on, and he comes into where he does the, I tell you what, you get two minutes with me in the ring. You can beat me in two minutes. Then you might be worthy of a title shot later. Yeah. Of course, they get in the ring. Lawler gets the upper hand real quick. Flair rolls out and goes, I'm done. Nah, you you don't deserve this. I'm not going to wrestle in front of these people and now he's got all kinds of heat the fans are ready to kill him Lawler looks like the hometown hero that just beat up the NWA world heavyweight champion Flair's got his belt still there isn't an official match yet Flair still wrestled in Memphis yeah so everybody was happy exactly and that's kind of the way the, the traveling champion worked. Now, as you get into 85, that national expansion that Vince was starting is starting to take hold. Uh, well, actually, a lot of if you territories had started to fold. And let's go back a little bit to 83, and that was Black Saturday. Right. When Vince, call, when Vince calls up Ted Turner and says, look, I offer you this many hours of programming at this amount of money and then basically took the time slot from Jim Crockett. Right. He took the 605 uh, Saturday time slot on the Superstation, TBS. Yeah. Everyone and, expected to turn on Mid-Atlantic and, and they, they turn on the and there's WWF. WWF. Yeah. And at the time, it was called the WWWF. It's before it right. became the, the WWF, or now the WWE. Um, and another and, thing that's interesting that he wanted to do with that time slot to he wanted to was, he, he wanted to he wanted to use the time slot to boost his USA Network stuff. But he wanted to use stuff from other territories because his ultimate idea. That was a recruiting time slot. Hmm. They would send in their best matches 
now, this showing him their know. best talent. This I did not know. I just know that he was using it as a way to attack the cable market at two different spectrums from a TBS standpoint and a USA standpoint. This was he was using it also for recruitment. And I did miss uh, uh, misspeak. It was not Mid-Atlantic Wrestling at the time. It was Georgia Championship Wrestling at the time. Yeah, he bought out the shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was a falling out because Ted told Vince, if you're going to air on Superstation, you cannot air on USA. Vince decided to stick with USA and then sold basically the time slot back to Jim Crockett Promotions, which led to WrestleMania in March of 85. Which brings back to Starcade 85, which was the direct uh, retort to WrestleMania. Yeah. At that time, folks, they did not have a pay-per-view month. Or in the case that WWE now is like every two weeks or three yeah. weeks. You know, they did pay-per-views, like, which actually there was no pay-per-views. I mean, uh, it was, this was... It was, uh, it was it was it was the precursor to pay-per-view was closed circuit. So everything right. was closed circuit. Um, and this meant basically some homes were wired for it, others weren't. The ones that weren't had to go to the local movie house or movie theater and watch or even the pay-per-view arena. Again. Or even the arena. And, and watch it on case, big screens. In this case, you got let's say you went to the to the Greensboro Coliseum, you got eleven matches. Yeah, the rest of actually, it. Actually, I've saw, got the cards split up here. I have, I, I have the card in front of me too. Um, but it's actually split but, up to which ones happened in Greensboro yeah, and which one happened yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, um, you you got eleven matches in the Greensboro Coliseum live, and then giant screens would come down, and you would watch the last half of Starcade on giant screens. Yeah. Damn. There was two. Te- wow, there was two Texas bull rope matches. Uh yeah. Okay. Technically it's the same same match. Uh this was one of them was uh who was it? Let me see here. Black Bart versus uh, Ron Bass. Ron Bass, if Ron Bass won, he got James, he got J. James Dillon J. Dillon in a bull so match the, right so after. So they did the so so they did the whole five minute thing, right? Right. If Ron Bass won. He got the man, the Weasley manager for five minutes. And I would say the match that I think really brought more butts to the seats, in my opinion, was Magnum TA against Tully Blanchard in the I Quit Steel Cage match for the NWA US Heavyweight title. That was a massive match. They had been uh, – Blanchard and Magnum TA had had a huge rivalry. And – to be totally honest, had Magnum TA not been in the wreck that paralyzed him, he would have been a main event anywhere he went. He would have been a massive star. We're talking probably on the level of a Ric Flair. Yeah. He was that good. I mean, looking at this card, there are some really good matches on, on both cards. But I think the match that stands out on the second card, aside from the Dusty Flair, would have to be the Atlanta Street Fight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, now, 
That and <laughs> you, that you match. Know more, you know more of the story of this than I do. I'm gonna say the names, and you just give the backstory. Right. <laughs> okay, we got Jimmy Valiant and Miss Atlanta Lively with Big Mama against the Midnight Express. Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry, and Jim Cornette. Joe, right. take it away. So, Jimmy Valiant and the Midnight Express had been having a feud. Uh, if anyone doesn't, this is a boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant, not a handsome Jimmy Valiant, which is the same Jimmy Valiant, just with different dance moves. Pretty so, much. they've been having a, uh, a feud for a while, but it was just always Jimmy Valiant versus the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette. So he brings in a friend, which is Miss Alana Lively, uh, which is <laughs> actually Ronnie Garvin in drag. Yeah. And this match and this build up and everything else, especially the match, garnered a whole new amount of respect for from me for Ronnie Garvin because the man wrestled an entire match in high heels. Oh, it wasn't like high, high heels. I think it was like eight inch heels, but still that's amazing. You, you try <laughs> to walk across the floor in them. This guy's running the ropes and doing clotheslines and body slams. And he's having a full match now, while still would you, would you say with double D cups. Would you say that Miss Atlanta Lively was the precursor to what would later on become Goldust? No, because it was not the it was done that everybody was in on this on the joke. Yeah. You know, and Goldust really wasn't. No, everybody like he, you know, Ronnie Garvin didn't even shave. He like had a beard. And, no, actually, and he's sitting there like they, doing this they, wave and covering his face. It. I watched it. They showed his face. It looked like it was shaved. No, he had it because he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, he's on the card. No, I'm sorry. It was the the uh it was the uh crap. The studio shows that he was on and he had kind of what I have. Of course, Ronnie yeah. Garvin was also blonde. Right. So it was a little harder to see. And you've got the buildup of, you know, Jim Cornette talking about how this is the most hideous woman he's ever seen. She's this, she's that. But the fact of it is, every time they mess with her, she'd knock them all out because it's actually Ronnie Garvin, the man with the iron fist. Yeah. You know? And actually, for those of you who don't know, Miss Atlanta Lively would make another appearance. <laughs> and this was with Ric Flair in their build uh, to their match. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was something that Garvin did. And like I said, it was just great because the fans are cracking up because they're looking at their going, that's Ronnie Garvin in a wig. And, you know, that was the thing about wrestling at that time. They would do goofy, funny, silly things. But it was like everybody was in on it but the heels. The heels were getting ready to get beaten up by yeah. what they thought was the biggest, ugliest woman they ever saw. And everybody else is looking at it going, yeah, that's an ugly woman, you know, laughing. That's really <laughs> Ronnie Garvin. Everyone right. knew. Yeah. And now, that's what made it so fun. 
Now, would you say – now, would you put this card from what you see up against any card done by WWE or AEW today? Absolutely. Absolutely. This – not even including the mil- build, rather, just, just on the match quality. That Flair Rhodes match was incredible. It won match of the year, hands down. What was the runner-up, do you know? No, actually, I don't. I should have looked that up. But I do know uh, this one. Because I do believe that if, if memory serves, which we don't have our encyclopedia here, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna freestyle. In my opinion, I think what what was runner up was probably the I Quit Steel Cage match. Yeah, between Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard. Yeah, I could see that because that was and, another vicious and I mean absolute beating. From what I've seen recently, because I started getting into this after we had Anthony on the podcast, shout out to Anthony Velvet. Um, I started watching more 80s wrestling, and I watched that match in particular, okay, to start off my star, this Starcade for me. I didn't watch any, uh, any other match. I actually paid attention to the I Quit Steel Cage match because I wanted to see what it was about. I never heard of two stipulation yeah. uh- matches together. Oh crap, we are. You're froze. Okay, so basically, that's the match that was most intriguing to me because it was two stipulations done together in one match, and it was a bloody match. I mean, we're talking you want blood, you want guts, you want chaos, you want disorder. That is the match to watch. And to me, that match and plus the uh, Flair uh, Dusty Road match, really good stuff. The Atlanta Street fight was more of the comedy match. And Joel apparently is frozen, so it's just me for right now. Yeah, this is what happens with live TV, people. You know, stuff happens. Um, again, as Joel said, this was Pro Wrestling Illustrated's match of the year as Flair and Rhodes was. Um, It was from the Greensboro uh, Coliseum Complex and the Omni Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina and Atlanta, Georgia. And this was the retort to WrestleMania 1, which happened the same year. And yeah, all in all, I think this promo, this build for Flair and Rhodes was really good. I enjoyed it. And I actually enjoyed the event itself. Um, so if you have the chance, if you have Peacock or if you watch this on YouTube or whatever you do, um, give it a look. Starcade 85, The Gathering, give it a look. It's a really good card. I would say probably one of the better cards I've seen in a while. Um, so that's basically where I would say we would end this unless Joe wants to come back. Um, we have coming up Sunday is going to be our regular podcast on Facebook and here also is going to be the TGW, the TGWP Grappy Award okay. and Joe is back. <laughs> I don't know if you were going out. I hope you were. Uh, I want to apologize for that. I had a little bit of a blackout and it made everything reset. Uh, I, I was going, so I guess I went, I don't know. Um, I was going into the uh, the um, match card and, like, what I thought of it and stuff like that. And, like I said, 
if you have the chance to check it out, you know, if you have Peacock, it's on uh, there. It is Starkid85, The Gathering. It's really good stuff. Um, and, you know, provide your own opinion of the event. And I was going into what's happening on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. I can't really hear anything at the moment uh, because of the way this thing is set up. And while my computer didn't uh, go down, because of course it's on, it's 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 a laptop. It has power regardless. It had to. Uh, I have to restart everything to get it to reconnect with Streamyard, and Streamyard's still doing me a bit of a fight. Well, I'm just going to take it from here. Uh, basically, what's coming up on Sunday is we are going to do our regular podcast on Facebook, and it will also be on Roku. It is going to be the TGWP Grappy Awards. If you haven't voted yet, go to Two Guys in a Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and cast your votes. Your votes will the votes will be stopped after January eighth. Okay. Now, now that I'm back fully and can hear everything, what were we saying? I, I was talking about uh, what's coming up Sunday on the uh, regular podcast and uh, yes. all that stuff. Uh, basically, what's coming up is we're doing the first annual TGWP Grappy Awards. Now, it will be live on Facebook and, and Roku. Okay. So, if you're watching on Roku, you can watch that. And if you're not... We're going to be on Facebook. so And, of course, good. if you end up missing, there's going to be a – well, now my computer's what? acting all crazy. So we're done with that. Um, if you just side of it, <laughs> uh, the Roku side of <laughs> Live TV, people. What are you going to do about it? Um. So, anyways. The TGWP Grappy Awards do take place this Sunday. If you have not voted, you can go to Two Guys in a Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. <laughs> That's just hilarious. Um, and submit your votes there. Voting will end January 8th at 2 p.m. That's whenever you have you have until now, until January 8th, Saturday, until 2 p.m. to cast your votes if you have not voted yet. Also, we have a newsletter coming out on January 28th. And also, we will be back here with a From the Vault episode two. It will be basically the Monday Night Wars. We're going to talk about at length the Monday Night Wars on episode Kick me out again, two. and I have two me's. Ah. I'm not, I'm not kicked you out. <laughs> no, we kicked me out. But why do I have two meanies? What happened? Have we gone into an alternate dimension? <laughs> well, we're going to remove one me because God knows one me's enough. <laughs> we are sorry. Of course, there's always going to be learning curves with this stuff. This is all new. And for whatever reason, like I said, I had the blackout. Then it started messing with my laptop, started messing up. Uh, we actually had intended to bring you clips of the uh, match, but that didn't quite work out. I mean, I could try. We got them on here, but now we've only got about uh, got about 12 minutes left before we're done here for the day. Thank God. 
It was frozen. <laughs> yeah, it's always going to be. Man, it's always, like I said, there's always going to be these weird curves. And after Linda sent us such a nice email complimenting how good we were today. It's like, didn't watch for the end, did you? <laughs> Give me 10 minutes. I'm going to screw it up. Just finish. I can't. <laughs> well, uh, like, like we were talking before I got kicked off and everything got screwy. Um, when you put this card up against anything from today, anything even from the past, this was a star-studded card for the NWA. You had uh, the Russian Nightmares, Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff. You had uh, Crusher Khrushchev versus Terry Taylor. You know, these uh, were... Actually, uh, actually, Crusher Khrushchev fought Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Okay, who do, I know Taylor was on the match or on the card. Yeah, he fought uh, Buddy Landell. Oh, that's right. You know, and that's something else we we should talk about. He does not nearly get the level that he needs to get. Can you imagine the size of his grapefruits? He goes into North Carolina. He dyes his hair blonde. He puts on a sparkly blue robe. And he goes, woo, I'm the nature boy. We're not talking in another territory. We're talking to Ric Flair's face. Right. He and, took and, the gimmick. And I'm sorry. I feel bad for Sam Houston after watching Dark Side of the Ring. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we just, we're just going to go on and give the whole family a, a, a pass on anything after yeah, that. Because if you, don't, if you have not seen Dark Side of the Ring, the shadow of Grizzly Smith, Oh, yeah. Oh, it is not uh, for the faint of heart. Okay. No, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> we we know how. Uh, how should I put this? Nelson Mania has blood feuds with people. Once he doesn't like you, he will never like you. Thanks. You could you could die running into a burning orphanage and saving children and he'd still be like man pretty much Nelson Mania did not like Jake the Snake Roberts at all could not stand him he watched that and he's like I, I don't I feel so bad for him now I understand why he acts the way he is now I understand that everything about him and he actually feels sympathy for him Nelson Mania does not feel sympathy if he don't like you. If he likes you, then yes, he will be sympathetic to you. But he could watch someone he doesn't like get hit by a car and he'd probably snicker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just... And, so, and I'm thinking of someone. <laughs> oh, I already know he don't like me. I, I mean, that's a given. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So this guy, you know, that was a horrible, horrible, horrible everything. I mean... Like I said, you just you felt nothing but sympathy for that whole family. Rock and Robin, all of them. Yeah, so we will be back here next Wednesday, hopefully with not technical difficulties, but if it wasn't technical difficulties, it wouldn't be two guys. Um actually there is a there's a few things I'm hoping to do and have ready for next Wednesday. 
Yeah. Uh, It'll be uh, from the vault episode two, and we are going to cover the Monday night. Yeah, we didn't the- really get into a lot of that on here, and I do want to kind of since we got a little, we got around eight minutes left to go. So while since we do have a little bit of that time, Starcade '85, like we had said from the beginning, was the direct response to WrestleMania one. Yeah, it happened basically in between WrestleMania one and WrestleMania two. Because both yeah. of them happened was in April, and this one happened in November. Yeah. Well, one of the main things about this is it started the one-upmanship of what would become WCW and what would become the WWE. Yeah. WrestleMania was held in one spot. They did good. It had a good attendance. It had big records. All of that. So Starcade says, "Well, we're going to have to do. We're going to have to one-up them. We're going to hold it in two spots." Well, the next year, WrestleMania comes along and goes, well, if they did it in two, we're going to do it in three. Yeah. Happening basically in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles at the same time. And portions of each card being shown there, plus closed circuit television. It was really the start of the fight. Yeah. And by the time it got to the mid mid to late 90s, that was when both companies had finally had enough back and forth one-upmanship, you know, trying to top the other that they said, listen, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. We're going to throw everything we've got at each other. And the last man standing wins. Basically, is how it went down. And that's what ended up happening through the Monday Night Wars. It was literally the two Titans Mm -hmm. stepping into the ring and saying, let's do this. Yeah, Yeah, there was a lot of fallout. There There was a lot. Um, and we're going to discuss that at length on our next episode of From the Vault. That will be next Wednesday at 2. Do not forget, Sunday at 2, we will be doing the Grappy Awards. That you grappy, still, have time, you still yep. have time to vote. We uh, what I'm going to do, actually, I'm probably going to get your help with this, is we're going to reshare the votes again mm-hmm. to it so everybody can get in a vote. Uh, I know right now I think we got a three-way tie and a couple of a couple yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, what we um, may have to do if that doesn't because I mean them them crappies is coming up quick. Yeah, they're coming up. <laughs> and Sunday. we need to. Uh, <laughs> we got to set a date a deadline. I'm thinking tomorrow. Uh, so yeah. that'll give me Friday to get everything ready. So oh. you have so so news update. You have a chance to vote up until tomorrow. Let's say what time? Be good. Uh, eight eight p.m. We'll do it at eight p.m. Okay, you have you haven't you have up until tomorrow to vote. If you have not voted already for the grabbies, and that will stop at eight p.m. tomorrow, then we can tally them. And like I said, then Sunday you will hear the winners and, yep. and all also, of our glory. Plus the one special category that no one voted for. Because this was decided between me and Mike. We didn't want any backlash or heat. And that is the special crappy award for the worst. You know, you know, we're going to get some heat from a certain someone who owns a wrestling company. Oh, you know, this was the worst moment of 2021 in professional wrestling. The crappy, not the crappy. The crappies are good. The crappies are bad. And. I am actually going to personally have a trophy made for this and sent to the winner. 
Yeah, and also we have the two guys in a wrestling newsletter coming out January 28th. It's going to have columns. It's going to have pay-per-view reviews. It's going to have rebookings, all kinds of stuff like that, and advertisement. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, and now since we've got about three-ish and a, three and a third le- minutes left, um, Again, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, again, I want to apologize because, well, everything went haywire in my apartment, and I don't know why. But it did, well, and then it kept yeah, doing it and kept doing it. Like, and I, I said, like I said, it would not be two guys without having technical difficulties from one of us. Um, right. And also, uh, I want to thank everyone for believing enough in the podcast, from the network people all the way to our fans. Thank you for believing in us enough to make this happen. If it wasn't for you guys, this would not have happened. Thank you so much for that. Now, for network news, of course, right now we can get it. uh, If you're watching this, you're watching this on Roku. Uh, So there's no real need to plug the Roku app. Go over to Northeast Streaming Sports Facebook page. Drop a like and a follow. Uh, And speaking of following, at 4 p.m. we have... Um. Sports Scope at 4 p.m. Sports Scope at 4 p.m. live. Of course, this is also going to be in the video on demand section, which we are going to be adding some stuff to it, hopefully here in the near future. And uh, other than that, oh, we got about... a question. I have a question. Have yes. you figured out what Royal Rumble match we're going to do for match of the week? No, because I totally forgot about doing that. <laughs> well, I, well, how about this? Uh, since you forgot, I'll give you three weeks. Well, yeah, we'll figure one out. Uh, and we're and, and and it's not going to be like the retro pay per view review that we used to do. We have changed it. It is going to be match of the week, and then if it's a whole pay per view that's not that long, then we do the whole pay per view. Right. Uh, and hopefully with match of the week, I am reaching out to uh, some people to actually get like full permission to show the match for review purpose. Yeah. And so also, I'm still working on that. Uh, Maybe Linda can also, help me out with that too. Also, in the, in the couple of weeks or months, we may have some surprise guests be on either mm-hmm. here or our Facebook page. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, like me. I might be a surprise guest because, I mean, after all, I kept getting kicked out. So it's like, yeah, oh, my or, God, he actually I mean, is working this time. You know, or me. Or it could be Bill Rosby, although we might get kicked off the network for that. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. The better, the, the higher we go, the more likelihood of him showing up is Slim and none, and old Slim's packing his bag. He's getting ready to so, hit the old dusty trail. So anyway, you guys, for real, thank you for this. Without you, there is no us. We do this because we're fans just like you guys. So thank you for believing in the podcast enough since the inception of it back in 2019 to where we are now. Thank you. All right. So we're about to kick out again. For uh, Stay tuned. 4 p.m. We have, what was it again? Uh, Sports Scoop at 4 p.m. Sports Scoop at 4 p.m. Stay tuned for that uh, until Sunday at 2 p.m. Where we see you again with the – Yep. First annual Crappy Awards. I wanted to say crappies, but then again, that's only yep. the one award of the year. So we will see you same two guys time, same two guys channel. Peace. <laughs>